Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Emmy Rokonen. Emmy is a former DP student and um, she's a basketball coach. And overall, she's a good friend of mine. And we had a very good conversation about her pathway and how overall the program impacted her coaching and the different sports we have we have here in the program, which we talk about all the time, how they actually also affected um, her coaching. And she has been also mentioning that discussions with hockey coaches have influenced her coaching and she has been taking a lot of things away from hockey coaches, but also from, from other team sports. And overall, what I like so much about Emmy, just how passionate she is about, um, first of all, developing the sport, but then also developing um, the players and how much she's valuing communication. And we have a good conversation about that also during our conversation here today with Emmy. And I think she's a really good example of, um, of what it means that if you are very, very passionate about something, you can definitely achieve it 100%. And I think she's doing a great job at coaching basketball and also developing the club here in Lahti. I have a lot of conversations with her about it. And as I said, also in the end of the episode, I've been taking plenty of things away from her. From her. And also, I still wanted to mention actually how we got uh, to know each other. I was in the first year of my studies and uh, then she had her graduation and because she did her work placement, uh, so her internship in Germany, uh, in Cologne, um, she, she, had, uh, she had the back from the Kölner Haie, so Cologne Sharks. And then um, at her thesis presentation, uh, we just got uh, into the conversation because of that. And since then, we kept in touch. Yeah, well, it's great. And I think this is the the first time I've really had a, a long conversation with Emmy and, and, and I've seen her around campus a few times and everything now that she's she's working in Lati basketball. And for me, it was a lot of fun to get someone that, that coaches basketball on the show and then and, and talk a little bit about a different sport. Um, and it, it's always refreshing to, to hear that and, and to hear ideas from other sports to things that can be applied to, to your own sport. And I think it's just a, a really fun way to learn and a really interesting way to learn. And and it's different, you know, it's just a little bit, a little bit of a, a different taste and, and it, it really kind of opens your eyes to, to how much there is out there to learn and, and who you can learn it from and everything like that. So a really interesting conversation and I'm excited to to start this kind of um, series of these kind of Coaches Road episodes where we're, we're highlighting more and more the, the students from our program and, and the things they're doing and, and where they want to go and the ideas that they have. And, and I think we got a lot of a lot of really good coaches in our program, so I'm excited to start talking to them more and connecting with them more. So um, really interesting conversation with Emmy today, so make sure you give it a listen now, and let's kick it over to her. So now we would like to welcome on Emmy Rukkonen, and I'm very excited that we have the opportunity to speak to Emmy and that our listeners can get to know you. First of all, Emmy, how are you doing today and how's everything going in lovely Lahti, Chicago or Finland? Hey. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing good. Of course, uh, COVID's been messing up the practices a little bit, but we're trying to get as much as possible done outside or in the limited spaces that we get to use. And uh, 
it's been an interesting season, a little bit broken, and hopefully next season we can go back to normal as much as possible. Well, yes, it has been basically all over the world the same cases, and we are very excited that now slowly, at least here in Finland, the cases are dropping. I've been following also the numbers at home, they are dropping as well. So um, we definitely can have some hope, and then also with the vaccination, hopefully everything will speed up, and then during the next season, kids can play normal hockey or normal basketball or whatever sport they play. And but um, so you have been also part of the Viromeki program, and um, I'm a DP17, and you have been a DP14. But for those our listeners, um, for because they don't they do not know you, you that that well yet, could you please introduce yourself? So a little bit about an uh, overview about your background and what you have been doing in your past and what you're doing currently. Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Eastern Finland at a small town close to Lappeenranta. And uh, when we were growing up, we did a lot of different sports. And uh, I think I stuck mostly with uh, track and field and later on basketball. Uh, I think I was nine when our dad took me and my sister to see our first basketball game. And from there, like instantly, we just fell in love with it and been stuck with that since then. And uh, later on, like uh, I've been to Viero on two programs. I did the vocational school side first when I was 16. So back in 2012. And then from that on, I did a few gap years there. And then I did DP on 2015 and then now I graduated 2019 and I've been working with uh, Lahti basketball for now two years and uh, hopefully sticking for a few uh, a few more years here. Yeah, it's uh, exciting to have you on. First of all, it's, I think you're our first basketball coach on the podcast and then it's also always nice to get a former DP on the program. Um, and so it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun getting to know you a little bit better today. Can you share just... I know you mentioned that first basketball game your dad took you to. Can you just share your favorite memory within the sport of basketball, whether it was playing, watching, or coaching? Yeah, I've actually been asked that question quite a few times lately, and uh, I don't think I have any like uh, individual specific moment from my playing background. And uh, I have a lot of like fond memories of feeling belonging and having a very good team cohesion and like great experiences on tournament games such on but like I think like one of my favorite memories came on like early on when I was coaching uh, I had this one team that was new to me we went to this tournament we had two teams there we had 10 games in total and we lost every single one of them and after the first few games, I went to the locker room and I tried to ask the players, like, uh, how are you feeling? Like, what's the mood after this game? Like, it was a tough loss. And they're just laughing there, thinking about lunch or something like they didn't really care about the game anymore. And I was like, what did I get myself into? And like, they just didn't care. They just wanted to like play a little. OK, we lost. Too bad. Next thing. And a little bit later on the season, we started to work on that and like they had a very various background on previous coaches and uh, I think it took like few months we had this one local game and I could see that they gave their everything and like we we lost by five points I think or less and after that when I went to the locker room they were like so down because you could see that for first time they've given everything that they had they were like half of them were crying they were feeling down and I've never been so happy as a coach to see a team feel bad about losing 
because after that we started to pick up the pace they actually knew that they could do it and like from that on like we had an amazing season and I think that's like one of my favorite memories from basketball like feeling like seeing that loss and feeling like they gave their all. Well I think the situation that you described there um, I think for every coach who has been in that situation or that's definitely I think one of the most amazing feeling you can have as a coach when you actually see that um, the players they put they put in the work and they start to implement and they're getting closer and more cohesive with each, with each other. And um, as you know, that the degree the program here in Viromeki, um, there are so many hockey coaches involved in overall hockey. And Derek and I, we are also both hockey coaches and our background is also from the hockey side. Um, but from your side, what do you find so fascinating about basketball? Um, and why did you basically decide at the end of the day to stick with that sport? I think like the first time that I saw a game, I was like, this is amazing. Like the players, of course, like being a young kid that seeing players dunk and like how fast the game was, it was just mesmerizing at first. And as soon as we started playing ourselves, like it's a difficult sport in many ways. Like it requires a lot of different kind of coordination than for example, floorball or other sports and before that we mainly did like individual sports on track and field side and seeing that like team cohesion and what you can do as a team seeing your teammates succeed helping your teammates out like knowing that it's not only about you it really like I think that was one of the big game changes for me to see that we actually like how to work as a team and like being in that environment I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I stuck with it Yeah, I, I think um, I, I lived in the States with a, a couple of basketball guys and we would always have the, the classic argument, at least in the States, on which was better, hockey or basketball. And and I, I think the, the similarities between the games of how fast paced they are and how much there's how much transition there is. And you can, you know, anything could happen at any time and you really have to kind of be to be on your toes and ready. And, and, and as a fan, it's a lot of fun to, to watch. And it's, you know, like you said, very fast paced and everything like that. Um, I want to I want to dive into your time at, at Viermackey for a little bit because you know you mentioned you did the, the vocational program before and then you you jumped into the degree program. So how do you think that that kind of formal education as um, and coaching how does that help you now in your career? I think seeing a lot of like parent coaches or coaches from different backgrounds when they only do like the sports specific, courses it's very limited in many ways like we then tend to only focus on this game specific things and I know a lot of coaches go through pedagogical studies or so on and try to find and like fill those gaps from there but when you really focus on coaching and seeing the different aspects I think it gives you a lot more broad way to look at things and um, <clears throat> I think in general like um Personally, I learned a lot from uh, Alped at the vocational school side because I was still so young and only starting out. And like, I think they have a very like very broad program in case of like all sports and all aspects of it. Like we had a lot of anatomy and physiology and also like nutrition, that kind of stuff that was very new to me at that point. And like from there transferring to DP, 
I, of course, we got like new topics and like it was in English. So I have to like relearn a lot of things through that. But like most what I got out of DP was just talking with my classmates, learning from different sports. How can I adapt things to my own sport? And I think in general, like just being in room with different background coaches is like really helpful. And it really brings you onward talking about other sports than your own. Well, that's also what I wanted to touch with you on anyway, because um, you are involved in basketball and still there are plenty of specific um, ice hockey classes going on in Biromeki, but still um, principles are overlapping between these invasion games. And um, you said you had plenty of discussions with, with other students. And what, what I'm curious about is that how did you basically transfer learning from hockey coaches or other sports coaches, and especially when we talk about invasion games, um, to your coaching and uh, to the game of basketball? Uh, I actually see through quite a few uh, hockey clinics and trying to like see, <clears throat> I think I learned a lot about hockey during my years there. And I also love to watch like um, American football and other sports that have like very different ways of moving on court and seeing how players react to situations, especially like invasive games, like small area games. How can I adapt that to basketball? Just taking like individual movement. Uh, in hockey, I think like biggest thing I got from hockey was modifying my way to play zone in basketball. Can we adapt those things? Uh, one discussion that we had a lot about was about how you guys treat goalies. That's the sacred player on hockey. Like you can't touch that player. And it, as soon as an opponent touches, you break that guy down. And what's closest to us to have that similar situation, we are we have like a kitchen cleanup duty, which is our like pain area, three second area. Your job is to clear that from the opponent players. You need to push through and like get that area cleaned. And like, I think I took like few ways how to modify that for us. like having like individual players there for small sided games and like adapting through there. Like I, I used a lot of hockey on my coaching when I was still in DP. Now I've like kind of a little bit filtered it out, but like I, I tried to like do different things that I learned from there and see how well they would adapt to basketball. Yeah. It's, that's really interesting because we, I think that's something that we discuss about a lot as coaches in our program is, is how can we take things from, you know, this sport and apply them to the sport or hey, maybe that thing can't be applied from, you know, track and field, we can't apply that to hockey, or maybe we can or anything like that. So those conversations are always, I think, really fascinating for, for me, because there are so many things to learn from other sports and other cultures. And then even, even the, you know, the benefit that we talk about all the time of our program is, is our, our students come from all over the world. So you also get the, the input from other cultures as well. Um, so how um, I, I want to ask about the culture because, you know, f growing up in the States, obviously there's a lot of basketball, right? It, it's very popular, but here in Finland, while, you know, it's, I think it's fairly popular. It's, it's not the, the number one sport or, you know, maybe the top three, or I'm not sure where it stands here. Um, you know, how does that kind of impact your coaching and recruiting and, and everything like that and trying to get more and more people to to play in uh, basketball here in Finland. Yeah, like we we lose to the major sports, uh, obviously hockey and football is kind of big here. But 
I think we had a big peak when we went to Eurobasket in 2017. We had one section played here in Helsinki. I was a part of that program through DP. And uh, I think like as soon as our men's team started to like make some appearance on the like world championships and so on, we had this big boom of like peak interest in the sport. And for example, Laura Markkanen being like one of the first Finnish people playing in the NBA. Now we have Ava Kuyer going to WNBA. Those kind of things, like we need to ride those waves. As soon as we make some kind of like big headlines, then we need to like hit those and try to get players to sign in as soon as possible. But of course, like it's difficult to like battle between the bigger sports when they have that rich history in Finland, like hockey, for example, like we, we come up short in so many ways. So we need to make sure our programs are done properly, that we produce good players, even though the like numbers are smaller. Well, if we speak about your club, I know we have, when, when we see each other, we have plenty of discussions about basketball and overall these kind of things, what we have been discussing today, also a little bit previously already, but um, speaking about Lahti basketball, you have mentioned to me several times that from a basketball perspective, um, it's, a, it's a very good club to be um, overall because there are a lot of very, very good things inside the club. So how do you ensure that, first of all, kids are joining in your club and that, that they stay at the same time? Uh, we do a lot of marketing. We try to see which way works the best. We have events always in the beginning of fall. And uh, actually, I was hired for the club to kind of emphasize the younger kids side on our club. Like I oversee our uh, youth program in a way, like our uh, under 13 players are under my observation. And we try to put our full-time coaches also into those teams when we can produce quality practice from a young age and then try to like keep it up from there and I think like working with this club like it's easy because we have a lot of people from Vieru actually uh, we have two LOT students on the side of me working for the club and it's easy because we have the same background in many ways and we agree on a lot of things so we have a one way of doing things and the discussions are open we get to like work on those issues openly. If we see something's wrong, then you get to like say something and make a difference about it instead of being overridden by a lot of like people who don't necessarily have the same background and don't get the point that you're trying to bring out. And I, I like working here because it's very easy to bring your own point of view out. Yeah, that's, I think that's a, an important piece for, for any club and, and any sport and any organization, you know, whether that's businesses or um, sports organizations or schools or anything like that is just having that open environment where people are, are comfortable sharing their opinions and knowing that they'll be heard and, and listened to. So I think that's, that's really good from a, from a member's perspective, you know, how do you want your, your young athletes to feel? How do you want your, your parents to feel just, how do you want the, the members of your club to feel knowing that they're a part of your organization? I think from the start, like when you even start the like once a week hobby club thing, that it's important that they feel like they're part of the club. I think it's important to bring out that there's a big, rich culture that we have around basketball. And we have our traditions here in Lahti, like how we present ourselves and how we act as a team and starting those rituals and traditions from young on. 
and trying to show up our like men's team players to the younger kids practices show that we're still under the same roof and we're all pushing for the same goal and like showing that the gap there isn't that big that you're already when you start your first practices you're part of the club you're part of the tradition you're part of that big basketball family that we have here I think the points you have been mentioning now, I think what goes into in there as well is that to make this happen, I think a lot of communication needs to take place. That's that's uh, and as I know you, I think communication is very, very essential to you. We also had a few <laughs> funny discussions about communication. And um, but for you as a person, why do you value communication so much? Um in my coaching, I really emphasize interpersonal skills and I really, those are one of the biggest traits that I have as a coach. And I build my programs on trust and open communication that like when my players ask me something, I will tell them what I think. And if I make mistakes, I am willing to tell them that and like, I'll, I'll take the blame if I do something wrong. And I also want them to feel comfortable of doing the same like if they fail on court they're willing to like be vocal about it okay that was on me and outside of the court as well like I I really try to build a program where my players feel comfortable talking to me about anything it can be basketball related it can be something else but when you have that open communication it makes everything so much easier um I think that um Overall, like I've met a lot of different types of coaches. Some value more the statistics or the game-like points and some value more about like self-learning, mental side. And I think that communication is something that brings everything together. You need to know a little bit about everything, but if you can't express yourself, if your players can't express how they feel about that, then it really already gets a little bit difficult. And I've heard different opinions about this that you can you don't have to be as vocal or you don't have to be as open with the communication but that's how I build my programs I trust on open communication all the way through yeah that's that's really important I I, I believe that as well and, and it's it's exciting because we're we're gonna start exploring that that kind of field a little bit more on our show and, and dive deeper into communication and, and how we can use um how we can use that that as a tool in our coaching and kind of add that into our toolbox. So it's something that that I think is crucial for any coach to have that skill, that interpersonal skill. And before we we dive deeper into your your kind of core values and your coaching philosophy, I just wanna I wanna back it up a little bit and just ask you, you know, when did you start coaching and 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 why did you start coaching? Um. I actually started coaching track and field first back in the uh, summer of 2010. Uh, I was 14 back then and um, I was trying to get a first jammer job. I thought like, that's going to be easy. Like I've been doing, like I've been training so much. I know what, what to run from my previous coaches and so on. And I think I was very nervous for, uh, for my like first practice because that was when the club would see me first time. There would be a representative there to watch what I would run and see if I would be a good fit to do it. And like, I was so nervous. I was just trembling and being like panicking up for that moment. But like, when I started doing it, it just felt so natural. Like I, I maybe like now looking back, there should have been things that should have maybe been done differently, or I could have done this or this, but like, I just ran the practice. I felt normal. Like there was 
it was easy to control the group. They were great kids and like coming up with exercises. It was just like, it just felt so natural and easy. And like, I instantly just loved it. And like, I was like, how many groups can I take? I want to do this. And um, from then on, like I did that summer there and on the fall, I kept on those track and field groups. And as well, I started as an assistant coach on like U10 kids and basketball. And uh, from then on, I was like, yes, I want to do this. And that's why I applied to Viermäki in the first place. I was like, okay, I really want to do this. Like, let's go. And I, I kept on looking where I could do this. Like, can I study this already? Do I have to go to high school first? Then I found the Viero program and uh, we went back there to see an open house kind of situation. And uh, I went with my dad. He went to this like guidance counselors course and I went with the other students. And after that, he just called me and was like, okay, where do I pick you up? I was like, no, don't like, I want to stay here. Just bring my stuff over. Like I instantly was sure like, I want to go here. And I did everything in my power that I could make it here. So starting at, at 14 years old, that's, um, that's pretty young, I think, to, to start coaching. Um, first of all, what age group did you start coaching at, at the, at the young age of 14? And, and would, you, would you give a young coach um, that same opportunity that you had at that, at that age? Uh, I think the kids were maybe U10 at the time. And um, I had a multiple groups and like, this has been something that's been causing me nightmares later on in my life because I started that summer. I had like U10, maybe U6 group and like very little kids still. But in the fall, when I kept on doing it, they gave me a like special age group. And I had kids with Down syndrome and other like this kind of disabilities in a way. And I was left alone with that group. And Keep in mind, I was 14 and I thought, like, oh, it's going to be fine. And we had great practices. No worries. But one time there was a fire alarm <laughs> that went off during the practice. I am alone with 10 kids who are panicking. And I was like, I'm supposed to be the adult at this point and help them like, get out and everything. And that was I, I think I handled it well. But now when I keep on thinking like, OK, what if there would have been a real fire and like very big situation like who would put a kid to do that like but of course like we have a lot of young coaches in our club and we usually pair them with someone who has more experience but I've seen like individual coaches who have like great personalities and I can see that they're natural at it they're great with the kids so for those coaches we easily give more responsibility easy on and trying to like guide them through it and like give help as much as needed but also gave the opportunity to work on themselves. Well, you spoke about that guidance right now, that overall that this is a very essential part and a pillar in coaching over that. And when you started coaching, did you have any kind of guidance? And if so, how did it look like in your coaching and on your pathway? Um, I think like the first two seasons that I worked as a coach, I was an assistant coach where I had like a, some either a dad coach or some coach that had been coaching a little bit longer as a head coach and I could learn from them. But I think those are the two only seasons where I've purely been an assistant coach only. And I think later on, like looking at it and I've been talking about this later on that I would at some point want to be an assistant coach again just to get someone with more seniority to teach me and like get a different perspective for the role. Cause I've never even had 
too many assistant coaches myself. I've been doing a lot of seasons alone. So I don't know how to use an assistant coach either, but like to the best abilities. And guidance-wise, like I think my current club is very good at that. Like we have very open discussions. We have like others going watch different uh, trainings and different coaches. We try to like give help to each other. This season I had an assistant coach who was a lot more experienced than I am. And our like agreement for this season was that he's going to help me. He's going to mentor me throughout the season, even though like being an assistant coach, it was really helpful to get his point of view and like learn from him throughout the season. And I think that's been one of the biggest like helps that I've had during the coachings that I've been doing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And you mentioned the, the, the role there. And, and I want to, I want to dive into that because, you know, it, I think it's we've talked to in these kinds of episodes we've talked to people that have been assistant coaches for a long time and 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 head coaches for a long time and and you know what it's it's really interesting how those interact especially at the the youth level I think um, a lot of a lot of times it's kind of just seen as um, we call them in, in hockey like puck pushers right they just set up the pucks for the next drill um, so how do you how do you see that and I, I know you mentioned you didn't have don't have a lot of experience having assistant coaches and, and using them properly but can you describe how you would kind of set up your coaching staff um, to utilize them kind of properly and what you would have them do and kind of things like that if you've thought about that at all uh yeah like lately i've been doing a lot of thinking on that and like i've been trying to use them as much as possible and like give a little bit of the control away and I think it all starts from like having open discussions with your staff and like seeing what everyone is good at, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses and like building that staff so that everyone gets to do what they're good at, but also like challenge themselves on those things that they still need to work on. Uh, for example, for the upcoming season, I'm getting one of my old friends to be my assistant coach. And uh, we've had a lot of discussions over the years about our coaching. And this has been a very broad through thinking that we're, wanna, we're gonna wanna do this at some point. We're, we're gonna wanna work together at some point. And uh, he's very like offense oriented and he has great game book in his head. And I, we've been through it. And like, I really like his idea lot on that. He's also very energetic and very outgoing person which very, very well balances me being the quiet coach in a way like just observing everything i need that energy in there and uh, i am personally very defense oriented so we can have that division so that he is in charge of certain things and i'm in charge of certain things and we trust that the other person knows what they're talking about we can question it we can build it together but we have our own areas of expertise and we're going to utilize those and we're going to try to work on those aspects as much as possible then overall, like what what do you see the the role of a coach being in in basketball or in sports in general or anything like that? From both a because I I think that one thing that I've noticed and 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 please share differently if if you think differently, but you know regardless of your an assistant coach or a, a head coach, right? That the role of a coach is is still the same for your athletes, whatever you feel that to be. So can you describe what? what you feel the, the role of a coach is and, and does that differ between, you know, an assistant coach and a, a head coach when it comes to the athletes? Uh, I think we have like more roles than we think. I think it's a very complex subject. 
overall and there are so many things that shape the world like uh who you are as a coach what's your personality like those things guide it a little bit and then what type of a team do you have what age group is it is it like youth or grassroots are they professionals what do you well like what do your players need you to be like if you're an assistant coach if you're a head coach of course like coach is a role like in big way we're a role models like we still need to be the authority person there whether you're an assistant or head coach but also like I try to be what my players need me to be for that specific players for some players coach might be the only like safe adult in their life who they can open up to who they can talk to for some athletes for example I have one player who has some like uh, emotional control issues like she gives her 100 on the court but when she frustrates then she needs to like outlet for that emotion so we have a like uh, agreement with that one player that I am her outlet like if she needs to yell if she needs to break those like emotions if she wants to call me names she can do it like as long as she doesn't do it to other players other coaches or refs on her outlet she can yell at me as much as she wants to calm herself down and That's my role for that individual player. And I've seen a lot of like coaches talk about that, like, okay, you're the guide, you help them through everything. And of course, that's a big part of it. But you also need to like, even in team sports, think what your individual players need you to be. Well, I think what what you touch on there is also talking a little bit about basically relationships um, <clears throat> we build with our athletes. And I think um, with each individual, uh, we should strive for us that we build a little bit different uh, relationships because everyone um, has a different history and everyone had, has had a different life and overall. And um, speaking about that relationship building process, we have been speaking about this previously on the show, but maybe in the past, not so often anymore um, overall. But um, what, what, what are some key components for you to build relationships with athletes? Hmm. Um, I think it all comes down to like knowing your players, knowing what they need, where they're at in their life. And I've worked with a couple of adult teams, like pro, pro teams, semi-pro teams. And with them, your role is very different. Your relationship is very different because I'm still a young coach in a way. And I've been to situations where I'm the coach, but I'm still the youngest one on the team. And to them, trying to be the big authority figure and trying to be like, I, I'd rather be in those situations more in the friend relationship in a way, like not too close, but also being like, I'm here to help you. I'm not trying to control you, but I'm here to help you and like trying to build that relationship on what the player needs you to be and seeing like how your personalities clash. Like, of course, you like, no matter what you do, you build stronger relationships with different players than with others. Like, it's all about how, how your personalities crash. And of course, knowing that every individual player in your team matters and you need to like take care of each player and you need to have a relationship with each player. It varies so much from what the player needs and how you see that player going along. Now I want to dive a little bit deeper into into that kind of how you coach, that coaching philosophy that I think, I'm, I'm not sure about how, how it worked in, in DP14, but there's a lot of emphasis placed on that in our program now about establishing a coaching philosophy and, 
and building that and how it continues to evolve and everything like that. So can you just kind of describe your coaching philosophy and, and where it is today and, and kind of the, you know, we've talked about communication, we've talked about relationship now, but are there any other big factors there that, that are very essential in your coaching? Um, to be honest, I actually, a little bit over a week ago, I trashed my coaching philosophy. I, I like literally deleted every single file of it because I took a quick glance at it. Like I, I made my latest version in 2018 and I took a quick glance at it. I was like, yeah, I don't agree with this anymore. Like I can't stand hundred percent behind this anymore. Like I, I've changed as a coach. I changed as a person. Like I don't believe hundred percent to these things anymore. So right now I'm at a rebuild base. Like uh, I have four core values and I'm going to like start rebuilding from there. And like, I, I just like, I have big, I've written this down on my calendar. I've written this down on different files here and there. Just like, why do we coach? What is our goal? What is called for our athletes? What is like, what do we want to do? And like, why are we doing this? And from there on, like I'm, I'm trying for the upcoming months, I'm going to rebuild this thing and like try to see where I'm at right now to kind of push forward from that. And I think like my previous coaching philosophy, if I remember correctly, was talking a lot about like commitment, which I still value as a big part of it. And mainly on like execution requirements and being like very driven and outgoing when, whereas in now I'm more and more relying on those communication and those relationships and interpersonal skills. And that's where I'm at like where now I'm, I'm rebuilding at the moment, my coaching philosophy. So for the time being, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking about that rebuilding process, I think, um, well, if you have been coaching a little bit for a while already, that I can definitely say that I've been in the same situation. I did not trash my entire coaching philosophy, but there's still certain parts I believe in. But certainly I also want to and I need to reframe certain things. And over, for example, if I speak about myself, for example, before the season, still one of my core values where I had written down was being unselfish, but I changed it into camaraderie. So because that just shows that over the time, how much you are evolved and you have been mentioning that you have those four core values and for you as a person, what are your core values and how do you display these in your daily behaviors around your athletes? Uh, as I talked about a little bit before, like my core values are trust, communication, commitment and responsibility. And these are like the four things that I can honestly say I want to see and I do my best to implement on every daily basis when we have practices, when we have games, when we have off days. And those are the things that I currently believe help me build a stronger team, help me develop my athletes, help me make a program where my athletes can thrive in. And when you dive a little bit into those like trust, I think it's always with a new team. Like if they can't, like if they don't trust you, they don't buy in what you're trying to do. You need to make sure it's a long process. It depends so much on the group, how well they trust you from the beginning. But I think like at worst, like I have been with this one team for a year now. And I think I've won maybe 80% of the players trust. 
and it's still an ongoing process because if you if they really don't trust you then you can't get as much out of them communication we already talked about a little bit that's where i base almost everything like if you have an open good communication if you have that trust there everything is so much easier you can run a successful program the athletes feel comfortable and they get the feeling of autonomy they feel that they are safe enough to fail in your practice they're safe enough to fail in your games just to get better and commitment is something we've been talking a lot i coach a lot of teenagers who this is a very broad term for they really want to be the best they want to win championships they want to do it all but like are they willing to commit are they willing to give their time are they willing to work hard and this is something that we've been bringing up a lot lately like how committed are you to this progress like can you make the difference are you willing to work for it and responsibility it's just i'm responsible for my players i'm responsible that we move forward but the players are also responsible to do the work we can run for them we can shoot baskets for them we can defend for them they need to be responsible for themselves as well as for the team because we're in a team sport environment. So I want to I want to dive deeper into trust because this is something that's that's really interested me recently. And, and we had an episode actually released on Monday this week um, with with Gary Hodgson's from my coach Kids World. And I, I think you, he, just to share briefly how he describes trust, it's it's something that is to be to be disearned, right? And and I think the traditional view of, of trust is something to be to be earned, at least in at least in the states. And I, I I'm really trying to shift my idea of trust to this idea of as a coach, I trust all my athletes until they kind of tell me or give me a reason not to. So can you dive in a little bit more into trust and and what does trust look like for you and 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 what is the difference between uh, having that trusting relationship with an athlete and, and the, and the feelings that that gives you and the feelings that having maybe a relationship that isn't a hundred percent trustful with an athlete, what are the differences there? Yeah, I agree with that. Like, um, of course, like in the beginning, especially from a coach view towards the players, you need to be able to like first trust them before they can prove you wrong. And I've, had a lot of players who've been kind of toying with that in a way they've been trying to like skip trainings or they try to hide things that they are doing and i think that of course trust is hard to gain back in many situations but when we work in this field especially when you work with uh, youth athletes who maybe don't have that grasp of emotions they don't know their consequences yet you can't trash a trust of a player based on like individual situations when you have that like um, yet again open community like communication in your team then you can talk about these things with your athletes you can build it you can like you can teach them you need to teach them what does it mean what does it mean that I can't trust you I, why, why can't I put you on court if I don't trust that you're gonna do what we discussed and I think it's a very broad subject and I think it's something that like when we talk about pro teams, when we talk about like professional athletes, it amplifies like we if they've never learned what that word means, if they've never learned the concept behind it, then of course you can see the athlete like okay, they have an attitude problem or there's no trusting that player he shows up late to gyms. 
uh, in basketball world, if you we look like way back, like for example, Dennis Rodman, who's notoriously very like <laughs> untrusted player in a way, uh, he was still one of the best. He would still put in the work, but no coach would actually trust that player. Still like, I think it's a concept that really needs more emphasis on. I think we need to teach our players what does it mean? What does it mean that you're accountable in your team, that players and like your teammates need to trust you, your coaching staff needs to trust you, your teachers in school need to trust that you're doing what, what's your work. And I think it's something that we overlook easily. We see that we have troubled athletes like they're problem athletes, what, like we can't do anything about it. They have a bad attitude or they're not putting in the work, but do we tell them what does that mean? Do we teach them how to work on that? Like, do we just push them aside? Like, okay, I don't want that energy in my team. I don't want that player in my team. Or are we willing to actually put in the work to help them, to teach them and like push them forward on that? Like we, we teach and we coach basketball, we teach and we coach hockey, but we also develop human beings when we do our jobs right we teach them what does it mean that you are trustworthy and what like what effects does that have yeah i, I completely agree right this idea of trust and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the the difficult athletes because i think that's something that you know we've discussed before um in school we've discussed about it on the on the show and and I believe it was um, uh, one of our former guests, Gordon Bloom, who who mentioned some some really interesting work coming around the the labeling of high level coaches and and you know why they are why do they label athletes kind of difficult and and what does that what does that actually mean for that athlete's career and, and everything like that and that that's some really interesting work and I still haven't gotten around to reading the full article but it's 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 something that you know like if if an athlete's labeled as difficult then they're automatically kind of distrusted right and and they're not given that 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 chance even with a new coach to show that they should be trusted and everything like that. So that's really interesting. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think you're spot on with the, you know, is that athlete actually difficult or is it just that they haven't been taken aside and, and taught, you know, like, hey, this is how you be a part of a team. This is how you act as a member of a group. And this is how this is how you show that, you know, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And and everything like that and have they actually been taught those things and those life skills even and and I, I think that's something that is completely overlooked a lot of times so i'm i'm really glad you highlighted that um i want to i want to ask you now to kind of describe the the environment around your team and and, and what does I, I like to phrase it like this because you know it, it's similar i think to a lot of the things we've talked about today but you know what is when when your players leave the gym after a practice what what are the feelings that you want them to have and what are the the kind of um the emotions that you want them to have and and just kind of overall like what do you want that experience to be when they when they leave the gym after a session i think i like a lot of coaches talk that they want them to be like feeling of success and they want to be having like happy athletes energetic athletes after a practice but I think overall in general, like just identifying the feeling, like the players being able to identify what they feel, why do they feel that way? And like having that, that, okay, you had a very bad practice today. You failed a lot of times. You're allowed to be upset about it. But 
I think what we emphasize a lot and what we're really working on right now is that how do you channel those emotions? Do you lash out at the players? Do you lash out like to your coaches? Or do you push forward from that? Like I, I don't mind if players leave the gym and they feel like they've failed the whole practice and they feel bad about it as long as they come back the next day to work even harder to not have that feeling again. And um, I think like what we really talk about is emotional control a lot lately, like especially when you have like youth, teenage girls, <laughs> emotional control is a very, very important subject that we discuss a lot. Like, okay, you missed a shot. Like, what are you going to do next? Are you going to stay there and yell out curse words or give up at that moment? Or do you want to get that ball back? Do you want to work even harder to get it back? And I think that like what we want to do is create a very driven environment, like where you're allowed to feel bad, where you're allowed to like have bad days, where you're allowed to have good days, where you feel like once you succeed after a lot of failures, then you get that feeling of almost ecstasy where you actually are enjoying yourself and you like get that high from that like feeling. And I think that's something that like we really emphasize on that you are allowed to feel your emotions, but you need to think what you're going to do with them and have that. Like if I leave my gym and I feel like crap and I've been doing so bad, then I want to come back the next day to work harder to not get that feeling again. I think that's something that we emphasize a lot in our environment. Does that also basically connect to overall reflection after the practice because if i think about it how do you channel your emotions i think a huge part is that first of all you reflect on your actions behavior feelings and emotions and is that something uh, you emphasize in your players when you give them on the way as well that basically after the practice to really analyze what happened today and to come with a different or with the same attitude the next day to the court um, is this a tool you use? And um, if not, what other tools are you using to help them to channel their emotions? This is something we use quite a lot. Like uh, after each practice, we have a small meeting afterwards, like on the court still, like we don't do the locker room thing and we just, we're there, we're going to go through the practice. Sometimes it's an open discussion for everyone. Sometimes we do more mental side training where they close their eyes, they go over the practice we just had. Sometimes I, if I see individual players struggle with that, like after practice, I go talk to them individually. We have monthly, well, maybe every month and a half, we have a discussion with every each individual players to see where they're at, where their goals are at the moment, where their like emotions are, where we like, what do we need to do with them? And like trying to have that open discussion with them all times where they feel comfortable. Like even if it's not scheduled to have that discussion, that they feel comfortable coming, talking to me afterwards that, okay, I feel like this and like, okay, I, I failed at that. What do I need to do? And like, they, they, like, I've, I've, I've been very happy to see that they really want to work on this. Like they've now realized how important it is. And I think that those are the biggest ways that we're actually working on that. Like with some athletes, we work more on the like resetting emotions that if you fail, then you just, reset and you go to the next situation with some players that doesn't work they need to go through that emotions 
And that's where that example comes from that one player that, okay, she needs to lash out. Who does she lash out to the refs, to the other players? Where does she get that? Like, where does she put that energy to? And it's easier to have an assistant coach who's the good guy and who brings out the jokes and everything. And I'm the bad guy who gets yelled at. But that's like, we try to see what individual players need for that. Like they need to work on their emotions differently. Yeah, that's, that's, I really like, I have to say, I really like overall through the conversation, how, how much you've said it's up to the individual player, how we coach, right? And how much do they need of this? How much do they need of that? And, and I, and going back to how you answered the, the role of a coach question, you know, it's up to the, it's up to the individual player, what your role is. And I, I have to say that that's, that's really uh, inspiring to me, honestly, and something that I'm going to take forward and, and, and try to think of myself and, and how do I be more of a, 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 you know, coaching specifically to the individual and getting to know them more and everything like that. So I want to kind of shift gears here a little bit as we as we wrap up the uh, the questions and the interview. And I, I want to ask now, you know, where do you want to go in coaching? What, what's your what's your dream job in coaching or, or what's the next step or anything like that? What's going to happen in the, in the future for you? Uh, right now, um, we're actually building our like women's team side in Lahti here. It's going to be a few year project and I'm very excited to be part of that. I think it's a very good like halfway point for me at the moment, like trying to like build that kind of a program, like not just jump into a ready made team and ready made process on the adult side, but more as in learn how to build that environment and be a big part of that. And um, we're talking about future, I think I want to go at some point again back to the adults and more the pro level. I enjoy being with juniors like uh, you get so much more out of the juniors like you see development so much easier and like you get like little highlight points more often with juniors than when would you do with adults they're like they're already so much like shifted you can't do that big of an impact with adults but also like the competitive side there is different and I, I kind of love giving my like I have to be very careful how competitive I can be with different age groups on the junior side. How much can I show my own competitiveness in those situations? But when we're with adults, I can let that go. Like I can really get to my core competitiveness more clearly. And also like, it's a bigger challenge for me to work on that environment. And I think hopefully in the next five years or so, I'll go back to the adult side again. And I think like in the future, I really want to like kind of shift in between both, like get the most out of coaching being with the adults and the pro teams, as well as with the juniors and the more grassroots level teams. Well, I think you make a very, very valid point here that there's that marriage between um, adults and youth development overall, because um, we always need to keep in mind that our youth are going to be our next uh, adult athletes regardless of the sport so well I think that for me a very essential pillar in my coaching is that um, I always want to be involved with youth hockey or junior hockey in some kind of way, way, way even though I'm, I will be coaching all the age groups at some point in my life and the other, other point which is very interesting to me is that when we speak about the competitiveness I think it's basically well, first of all I think that competitiveness needs to be always there it needs to be 
always in practice because it's it's so essential but how do you actually emphasize competitiveness i think that's a huge huge difference but 100 i think that overall competitiveness is uh such such an such an essential pillar and i wish when i, I was playing that coaches would have emphasized this this much more because i think that obviously maybe there are someone who is naturally more competitive but i think there's still there's still certain pieces you can have in your coaching to develop that competitive drive a little bit even more and um overall i think i mean <laughs> It has been a very, very pleasant discussion and conversation with you about your pathway and about your views about coaching. Uh, I need to say that um, I, <laughs> we have been we have been seeing each other on, on a regular base to catch up and to discuss every, a lot of things about coaching. And um, uh, I've taken a lot of things away from you as well. I think you're a very, very strong coach in your in your field. And um, for our listeners, what are what are your final what are your final what is your final message or yeah what is your final message to our listeners uh, that's a tough one actually <laughs> now to think uh, i preach a lot about communication and openness and having that relationship there but also like i think what we overlook a lot on coaching and things that we don't discuss that much is actually self-confidence within the coaches because I've never met a coach who would feel like who has never felt in a game situation on like unconfident on their self or their abilities they we we live on a very big roller coaster over the course of the years individual events individual seasons individual teams and we all often get that feeling that okay this is not enough like we've had a lot of few bad practices or bad games and i feel like okay i don't know what i'm doing and i think that building tools to make yourself aware where you're at as a coach what your own level is and feeling confident in your own knowledge is something that a lot of us need to really work on and I think that that's something that should be brought up more on discussion that you don't have to know everything when you're a coach. You don't have to be the best in your field as long as you're willing to work on your own, like own issues, will, willing to like develop yourself and trust that you know what you're doing in most situations, especially with young coaches. We often like feel like we have to bow down or we have to make ourselves small in front of a lot of senior coaches and people with a lot more experience or older older people and I think that we always overlook how much we actually know how our experience have shaped we may have different ways to coach but it's not less valid because of it yeah I think that's a, a really powerful um, final message especially for a young coach like myself who who definitely feels those moments of of lacking the self-confidence right when 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 things are a little bit tougher and maybe not going your way or maybe you're being kind of challenged or anything like that, uh, it can definitely have an impact on your, your kind of internal drive as well. So I think it's, it's very important for, for young coaches and all coaches, I think, to, to remember that, you know, believe in your knowledge, believe in your experiences and, and, and trust in yourself a little bit and, and be open to, to getting more information and everything like that. So I think that's a, a great place to wrap up the conversation for day, today. Emmy, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk some basketball and to talk to talk to you about your kind of journey and, and the lessons you've learned and everything like that. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs>
All right, so one more time, thanks to Emmy for joining the show today and just having a conversation about the, the journey she's been on, the lessons she's learned, and, and everything like that. It was it was great to get to know her a little bit more and, and get to know her ideas around coaching and, and the work she's doing with Lati Basketball and, and the, the projects she has going on for the future. It's really interesting stuff, and wish her all the best for that. And for the reflection here, I want to start with kind of the, the role of a coach when we asked her that, because I think that's, that's something our program really emphasizes is something that I think modern coaching is really emphasizing is is you know focusing on the individual within a team right of course there's still that team aspect you need to play together as a group and everything like that but the role of a coach is as Emmy put it is being what the individual needs you to be at that time and I, I think that is well the most individualized approach to role of a coach that we can that we have heard on our on our show when we asked that question, but it's also it's spot on, right? And it, it's it's really meeting the needs of that individual. You know, is as this individual need me to be more empathetic at this moment? Do they need me to be a little bit more kind of demanding in this moment, or or what does this individual need, and and how can I help them, and what is my role in that? I I really like that approach and. And I think, you know, it, it captures the, the role of a coach really well because it is dependent on not only the person, but also the situation that person is in, where they're at in their career, what their age is, what their situation is, and so many other things. So really finding out what the athlete needs in that moment um, is, a, is a really powerful role and, and something that is, is it's not easy to do by any means. I think that this also reflects on one of her core values, which is communication because if you think about um, being what the individual needs to be at the moment it depends on how do we actually approach the individual with what kind of nonverbal communication but also how do we actually interact overall with the individual so I think um, as you highlighted as well this is a extremely powerful way to look at the role of the coach and something I would like to add here is that um, she has been also mentioning during our conversation that overall that uh, we have more roles as coaches than we actually think. So again, I think this goes back on that sometimes um, we, I don't, I don't mean over-evaluate, evaluate, but I don't know a different word right now, but um, that we actually as coaches, we take ourselves um, as too important. So I think this is also always um, very essential to remember remember because at the end of the day um, sure we coaches we are a very crucial part of the development process but um, the kids or the players they come to the rink they practice and uh, they play the game so I think this is very crucial and I think this also goes back to our conversation we had with Gary um, because the number one thing for them is that for the iCoach kids global movement is that they put kids first so I think this reflects on that as well. And um, something else I would like to touch on, um, what I really like about when we spoke a little bit about Lahti basketball, that um, what, what actually, what kind of actions they take um, to, to motivate the, the young players in the club, that they uh, take the men's, men's players and bring them to the younger kids. I think this is a very, very crucial and should be done uh, in every healthy organization because that first of all it shows that they also care and secondly it's for the players for the young players a huge inspiration if they have the opportunity to be on the same court um, 
with with the players from the pro team because they look up to them they are examples for them and uh, some of these players they have an influence on them yeah and i remember in in my club growing up we used to have these uh these events with with that was called skate with the tigers and, and they weren't just for you know the the players in the organization it was for the whole community and just a way to to get the community to know the players a little bit better but you know they would put on their their track suits they would put on their skates and they would you know kind of just stand on the ice and, and let people come up to them and and talk with them and you know they would sign their jerseys and everything like that and sometimes the coaches would be out there as well and everything so it was really uh really interesting because or really inspirational because you could go out there as you know an 11 year old hockey player wearing a, a junior tigers jersey and and see someone that you know you watch on friday and saturday night um wearing the grown-up version of your jersey right and and they would be like oh what team do you play for what position do you play and you know they would just talk to you about hockey and get you excited to to be on the ice and and see what's possible within the sport so it's it's something that i think is really valuable for sure and and this this idea of a you know a mentorship program for the the players in that way where they have that that access to the older players they have that access to the men's players and they can really get to um get to experience what it's like to to be around them and everything like that it's it's something that's really powerful for kids for sure and, and I, I really enjoyed that and something i'm gonna um steal in the future hopefully when i'm when i'm making those sorts of decisions and I have that chance to do things like that so i i think it's, it's really powerful for young kids to see that and the other thing um that i i wanted to switch it to here is is just the the way that she described how she wants her athletes to feel when when they leave and you know she didn't give an exact exact answer in the sense where it's like i want them to leave you know happy or excited or you know tired or anything like that she she answered in a way that said like i i want my athletes to feel what they're feeling you know they they're allowed to feel any way but we want to work with them to channel those emotions, channel those feelings into something productive. So if they're feeling like they had a successful day, then they come back the next day and they, they work just as hard or even harder to have another successful day. Or if they feel like they had a, a little bit of a, a failure of a day, then they, they double down and work harder the next day so that they can find that success. Or, you know, maybe frustrating and, and turning that into something positive the next day and everything like that. So I, I really liked that answer because it, it again goes back to that individualized uh, approach that she has and and how much um, you know they are allowed to feel their feelings and how much they're allowed to be humans but then working with them to to not just under I mean not just to feel the feelings but also understand them and how to use them as as motivation you know and, and turn those into something constructive I, I really appreciated that point of view from her it was really interesting yeah and it's all over it's also a very um new approach on how to finish a session a session and how to actually um how to make athletes aware of their feelings because at the same time as we have been discussing in the in the episode as well i i imagine it can help them also to reflect on um the previous session if they reflect on their emotions and the next day they can come maybe to the court um with a different attitude um with a different mindset or if it has been a successful day um, they keep it and they stick with it. So I think this is also some kind of reflection. I think this is even uh, more valuable 
because at the end of the day, uh, our emotions, they're running all the time up and low and they're all the time there and we cannot put them. Um, we, they, 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 cannot, they cannot be taken away. So I think it's so essential that we really focus on that. And I think this is overall a big, big strength of uh, overall Finnish sport development that they really, yeah, they focus as we have been discussing a lot on the individual, but they also focus a lot on the emotions of one individual. And I think this is a very, very strong um, component of the Finnish development youth sports system. And something I also would like to touch on, again, going back to her core values um, about the communication is that she said that communication brings everything together. And if we think about it for me, it totally, it makes sense. There are certain things you have in your mind, what you would like to do. But at the end of the day, if you don't communicate it, um, then it won't happen. And also, again, going back to the feelings. Um, at the end of the day, if you don't talk about your feelings, um, then nothing can be changed overall, as Pasi Mustonen is highlighting also very often or how he has been highlighting on our show as well. So I think this is very, very crucial to consider that communication is really the glue between a lot of things. Yeah, and, and you know, we we talk a lot about communication on our show and, and how how powerful that can be and how necessary it is. And, and we've got a lot of, you know, um, episodes coming up that, that highlight that as well. And and it, it's it's interesting always to learn more and more about communication and, and also like learning from Emmy on the the styles of communication and the purpose of communication on their team and and in their in their program it's always really interesting and i think you know shifting it a little bit here now is is my my final message here is uh, or sorry my my final point here is is her final message and and she started that by just saying like why, why don't we focus on the self-confidence of a coach? And, and we talk about, we've been talking now in the reflection a lot about the, the emotions of the athletes and how they're feeling, but also, you know, how do we as coaches understand our emotions and understand, you know, how we're feeling and how that impacts how we coach and how we communicate and everything like that. And I think, you know, self-confidence or a lack of self-confidence is, is a really common thing to feel as a coach you know sometimes there's some some down days and sometimes there's some days that make you question like okay that day didn't really go well like what you know what could I have done better and everything like that and you know you just kind of feel down on yourself a little bit and it it's really important to to understand that as she put it you know you don't have to know everything you just have to believe in everything that you that you know right and believe in your experiences believe in your education and and really, you know, be confident in your knowledge and be confident in your core values and who you are and, and let that kind of, you know, guide your, your understanding of, hey, I'm going to have bad days, I'm going to have times where I don't feel as confident. But, you know, I know who I am as a coach, I know who I am at the core of my, you know, being. So it, it kind of helps. And, and I, I really like that, because we always talk about who coaches the coaches, but then we, we, we also, you know, sometimes we talk about, sometimes we don't, but also like who, who communicates with the coaches, who checks in on the coaches, you know, who's checking in on their emotions, who's checking in on their confidence and everything like that. So it's something that's, um, I think, really powerful and, and really necessary for, for a lot of coaches out there to have that. Nothing to add. 
All right. Well, then I think that's a, a great place to, to wrap up today's episode. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And, and thanks to Emmy for joining us again. Um, make sure you connect with the show on social media at The Coach's Road. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also check out what Lati Basketball is doing um, just by you know going to the website and stuff like that. Um, and as always, we just appreciate everyone's support and, and continuing to listen to us and our guests and everything like that. So thanks. And until, um, oh, actually, we have another episode coming out today. So make sure you check that one out with our other classmate, Quentin. Uh, that's a really fun conversation as well. So thanks. Bye.